The Orange and game is coming on. Spring practice is officially over. For those of you guys who were in-house, what'd you think? Everybody who watched on TV, what'd you think? I'm going to tell you what I think when I thought walking away from that Orange and Y game. That and more coming up here on your Monday, Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome to it. This is Locked on Balls, and I'm your host, Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys hanging out with me here today. Following along on Twitter, at underscore Kaner and at Locked on Balls. Today's episode is brought to you in part by uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit FanDuelSportsbook.com. Make every moment more. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to go ahead and get started. Got a fun show coming up here on a Monday, Reactionary Monday, to what we saw from the Tennessee football orange and white game. Also, uh, Tennessee did pick up another commit Sunday afternoon, a three-star safety by the name of Idris Farouk, and uh, looking forward to breaking down that commitment and what it means for the University of Tennessee. So, uh, as always, thank you guys so much for subscribing and following along on Locked On Vaults, the YouTube channel, and finding us wherever you get your podcasts. Twitter Tuesday is coming up tomorrow. Don't forget about that. Any questions, comments, concerns you guys may have, uh, we'll hear them out on Twitter Tuesday. So, the Orange and White game. What'd you think? Well, I mean, there was some positives and there was, I mean, at the end of the day, here's my biggest takeaway and what I want you guys to, to kind of know, at least from my vantage point, and clearly you guys can think differently. You, you just, you can't, you don't know an awful lot after watching the Orange and White game. You know, Josh Heupel said it best, and we'll hear from Josh Heupel some of, the, some of his comments in segment number two, but you know, this wasn't real football, <laughs> you know, out there. Sure, it was, it was uh, blocking and tackling and stuff, but you know, so many of those sacks were just when, you know, the, the defensive lineman got a hand on, on Joe Milton or Nico. And I mean, that that's not real football, you know, blowing the play dead. You know, what, what could come of that? Now, I understand it. You obviously wanted to, you know, keep your guys healthy and upright and, you know, leaving spring practice without any big time injuries. And unfortunately, Ethan Davis, you know, went down the freshman tight end after a really strong day, uh, holding one of his shoulders there and um, kind of walking off the field. We'll see exactly what. Uh, that looks like in the coming days, and that's what you never want. But for the most part, Tennessee stayed healthy. But you're not going to learn any big-time takeaways from this Orange and White game because we told you going in, and obviously you saw it on Saturday, I mean, Tennessee had three scholarship wide receivers who were playing and who were active on Saturday. You had Caleb Webb, you had Chaz Nimrod, and you had Nathan Laycock. Uh, Brew McCoy didn't play. Dante Thornton didn't play. Squirrel White didn't play. Ramel Keaton didn't play. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have many wide receivers at all, right? And so, you know, what type of picture can you get when you're throwing to guys who you're not going to be throwing to on on Saturdays in the fall? Uh, excuse me, Keenan Peely didn't play. Uh, Beasley didn't play. Aaron Beasley didn't play. Of course, Brandon Turnage, Deshaun Rucker, um, those guys have been out all spring long. Jordan Thomas, a sophomore safety, he did not play. Uh, Jalen Wright didn't play. Jabari Small didn't play. So it was a chance to see your depth, how much better your depth has gotten. Some of those young guys that are just getting a taste of what college football is all about. And that was fun to see because there were some highlights. Man, I, I know you've seen it probably already. And um, I, I've gone back and watched it a couple of times. But, you know, early in that, or I guess it was towards the halftime, I think it was late the second quarter. And again, you know, you looked up one time and there were seven minutes left in the first quarter, and then you look back and it magically was the second quarter, right? I told you that stuff would happen whenever the head coach can control the clock in an orange and white game. 
Uh, but Nico Iamaliava was rolling out to his right. He was motioning, going down the field, saying, hey, you know, try to get open, go straight, you know, whatever. And he threw an absolute dart on a dime on the run to Ethan Davis, a great catch over his shoulder. That is a highlight that Tennessee tweeted out, and that is a highlight that I've gone back and watched a couple of times. You know, that stood out to me. Joe Milton, a throw of, um, I think it was 41 yards, maybe it was 49 yards, uh, down the sideline. I had to be 41 yards because Caleb Webb, Caleb Webb ended with uh, just over uh, 50 yards receiving. Yeah, three receptions, 50 yards. So I think it was 39 yards. Anyway, going down the far sideline and positioned the ball perfectly in between two defenders. One of those defenders was cornerback Gabe Judy Lolly of BYU. I, I, I couldn't remember who the other one was, but that was a beautifully thrown ball and a great catch by Caleb Webb you know, down that sideline. Cam Selden, who is a freshman running back who you know is dynamic and, and kind of looks the part and uh, kind of looks differently than all the other running backs, and but he's got the speed. He's got the patience, and he displayed both of those uh, on his 24-yard uh, touchdown run where he got the ball, waited, and then – you know, hit through that gap and went and ran for a touchdown. So that was that was really, really fun to see. Deshaun Bishop, fellow freshman running back who's had a really, really good spring. Um, I'll read the stats in segment number two here in a moment. But, I mean, he, this is a guy that was super patient throughout. And I made the comment during the Orange and White game, and I've watched Deshaun Bishop throughout his high school career and my work on Rivalry Thursday. So um, I, I've seen him a whole lot more than just this spring. So, I, you know, just a, a little disclaimer there. But in, in no shape – no way, shape, or form am I trying to say that Deshaun Bishop is this guy I'm about to say right now because I, you know, Deshaun will be tough for him to find carries in the fall. But again, it's it's he had a really good spring and he's adding depth to that room. And I think that if he stays with it, he stays at Tennessee. He can maybe see the field later in his career. But the comparison I'm about to make, just hear me out. I think Deshaun Bishop runs a lot like Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, of course, was an All-Pro running back in the National Football League. Hadn't played the last couple of years. But what I mean by that is he'll get the ball and he'll wait. He is so patient. He will let the block develop in front of him. Then he will hit the hole. He will run behind his blockers. He'll put that hand on the blocker's back and go behind him. And he's just going to get a couple yards, couple yards. Then he'll hit a home run. And that's kind of what I think of, of Deshaun Bishop. Now, he didn't have the home run on Saturday, but he led you know Tennessee all Tennessee running backs in carries and in yards. Or he had... Let's see here. He had 24 attempts, goodness gracious, for 88 yards. And uh, I was really impressed with what you know, I saw from Deshaun Bishop, the uh, the local product. But you're not going to get any major, major takeaways from this, simply because Tennessee was didn't have a whole lot of their guys active. Um, they were playing around with the rules a little bit. It wasn't a true kicking game, was not involved in this and all that. So it just kind of is what it is. The offensive tackles, the entire time they rotated, the four offensive tackles that are in contention to be Tennessee's two starting offensive tackles. Uh, John Campbell, Dane Davis, Jeremiah Crawford, J.J. Mincy, um, all those guys, they they um, they rotated. So two would go with the first group, two would go with the second group. They'd flip-flop sides. John Campbell stayed on the left side the entire time, but Dane Davis and J.J. Crawford flipped sides a lot. I think Gerald Mincy stayed on the right side for the most part, but – Again, it's like if you're trying to find a clear picture, you're, you're not really going to find it. So it, it's good to see, though. I mean, it's, it's better than nothing. I like seeing that. I like seeing a lot of young guys getting some work and and you know going about the business and all that. I will say, man, the uh, the crowd was incredible. So you had the north end zone that was pretty much blocked off because they're doing construction in the concourse in there. So a little more than half of the stadium was available for fans to come in. 
And because they had that roped off, a big old section of it roped off, golly, man, they there was it looked like a packed house in there from where the seating was available. A 58,400 plus, I forgot the exact number, I, I have it written down somewhere, but 58,400 plus fans filed into Neyland Stadium on Saturday. That was the sixth largest crowd for a spring game ever. That's really, really cool. And if you were there, man, that, that, that looked awesome for where I was standing. It looked awesome from the TV when I went back and watched some of it. Uh, that, that is really, really cool. Now, I did hear from some people who went to the Orange and White game, and I saw some tweets and everything about how because it was free parking for the most part, because it was you know $5 admissions, but there were no assigned seating, it was a little chaotic, right? And, and I even kind of got that when I was driving in on Neyland Drive. I had to sit there forever. And you know when Tennessee played Alabama this past fall, I did not sit in that much traffic. I really didn't. So I, I understand it from a little bit from that regard. But um, for it to be an hour and a half, it's that's long enough. Again, you don't want to get anybody uh, hurt. I understand some old timers might say, "Well, what's the point of just doing it for an hour and a half?" And if you're if you're too afraid to get hurt, then you're afraid to play football. Well, that's just not how football works nowadays. Okay, you are literally uh, you can specialize in certain training, and you can do a whole lot of practice without going full contact and trying to get your quarterback killed. And you know that's what Josh Heupel's goal was for this past week. So. Successful Orange and White game. I thought it was. I told you some of the things that I really, really liked. I thought the secondary looked a little bit more quicker, a little bit more athletic. Uh, we'll hear from Josh Heupel what he had to say post-game on his quarterbacks, Camp Selden, uh, the secondary. We'll, I'll read you off some of those stats that mean nothing, but all that and more. That is coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, hey, I want to remind you guys about a proud sponsor of the show. That is FanDuel Sportsbook. Grand Slams, no it. No hitters and double plays, they are back, and there's no better place to get in on all that MLB action than over at FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. That's right, because right now, new customers, they have a chance to step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Uh, if you're a Yankees fan, you can you know see if Aaron Judge, if he's going to pick up right where he left off with the home run totals. A pitcher can go over or under the strikeout total given. You can build your same-game parlay as well for your favorite matchup of the day. Don't miss your chance for a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, it's official partner of Major League Baseball. Hey guys, welcome back into it. Locked on Vols here, and uh, I'm your host, Eric Kane. want to thank you guys so much for making Locked on Vols your first listen every single day. Every day is what's up. Tomorrow's show is going to be Twitter Tuesday, mailbag edition of the show. A lot of you everydayers send in your questions every single week, so go ahead and do that. Tomorrow's show is going to be the mailbag edition of Locked on Vols. All right, guys, so I, I kind of teased it. I want you guys to hear from Josh Heupel. Uh, he had a lot of good things to say. He praised the fan base for coming out and being active and and filling the stands, the stands that were open, said Tennessee fans are the best in the nation, and he had a lot of good things to say about some of his young guys as well. Uh, we'll start with some quarterbacks, and um, you know, this is jo Josh Heupel on Joe Milton, his continued growth and the steps that he's taken to be uh, the Tennessee quarterback. This was immediately after the Orange and White game Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think some of that starts with uh, off the field and, and um, you know, being really sure in, in who he is and, and what he's about, uh, defining and growing in his work habits. Uh, that's allowed him to be more consistent and grow inside of what we're doing. Uh, if you talk about just the football player, um, I think 
it starts with understanding of what we're doing, understanding defenses, being consistent with his reads, and then you pair that with growth fundamentally, getting his feet in the ground, being in a consistent, positive position to be able to deliver a football, work from the ground up. Uh, you pair those things together, he's able to grow, and, and uh, you saw some of that in the way that he played at the end of last year, and uh, he's had, had a really good spring. So that was Josh Heupel on Joe Milton, who you know had a pretty good orange and white game. I'll get to the stats here in just a moment. Uh, some good stuff there from Josh Heupel. What about Nico Imaliava, right? The true freshman, five-star number one player in the country, according to On3. How was his spring? How was his spring practice? Uh, spring orange and white game, rather. How was that performance? All that and more here is Josh Heupel on Nico Imaliava and his instincts that can make a play happen like the one I described earlier when he rolled out and through that dart to Ethan Davis down the sideline for a big game, here's Josh Heupel on the freshman quarterback. Yeah, um, you know, his ability to do those things is, is certainly a skill set uh, that was important to us in the recruiting process. He does have a really good feel for a young guy inside of the pocket, when to step up, when to escape out the backside. Uh, he's dynamic and explosive, is just an athlete. Uh, so he's got the ability to, to get away from defenders and, and – uh, you saw him make a play down the sideline. Ethan um, did a great job on scramble drill, uh, wheeling it on the sideline. Um, really beautiful, accurate throw uh, by Nico. Uh, he's got the ability to get himself in great body position when he's out in space, and he's got people chasing him. And when he doesn't have the ability because of where the bodies are out in space to get himself in perfect position, he's able to still be accurate with the football. He's got uh, a really unique skill set uh, as he's uh, breaking contain. Josh Hopple went into detail there on that play I was describing, said it was a really beautiful throw, and yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So a lot of good things to say about uh, Nico Iamaliava, his first spring. I think overall for Nico, I think that he flashed. Um, I think that he struggled at times, and, and that's okay. A guy that still should be a senior in high school, that is normal for a early enrollee true freshman quarterback, but I think he's shown the ability to, to really comp comprehend information at a fast clip, and that's the number one thing that Joey Halsley and Josh Heupel look for in quarterbacks in this offense. So let's stay on the offensive side of the football. Cam Selden had a nice 24-yard run for a touchdown, and uh, he he looked pretty good, uh, despite look like battling through a, a shoulder uh, a bug there in that in that orange and white game. But uh, here's what Josh Heupel had to say about the athlete Cam Selden playing running back in his overall first spring. <clears throat> really a unique player, just with his skill set and the background that he has. You know, from playing running back to playing in the slot and outside to playing on the defense side of the football. He's played a lot of different positions. He's never had a true home. We felt like it was important to give him a home here early and grow and expand from that. Um, he's been really good in what he's done inside the running back room. He cares. He competes really hard. Um, for a guy that's got you know high-end top gear, uh, electric speed, uh, he's willing to stick his foot in the ground, get vertical, get underneath his pads, uh, find a way to get plus two. Um, he's going to continue to grow um, who he is today. Man, I expect him to be dramatically better when we get to, to the kickoff of, of next September. And I say that just because he's going to continue to grow uh, with the way that he works. Uh, he's got a really high, high-end ceiling. His ability to be a pass catcher out of the backfield, really unique and, and um, obviously a skill set that we want here. And that's something Cam Selden did on Saturday. He not only ran the football, but he also caught the football out of the backfield, saw him out there in the slot on one play. I think it might have been – one of the first plays from scrimmage for Tennessee's offense, at least when he was in there. So 
Uh, Cam Selton, I think, is going to grow into a really nice athlete and a really nice weapon for the Tennessee offense uh, for sure. All right, let's shift gears over to the defense. Um, you know, Cam Miller, uh, reserve safety, uh, rising sophomore. He had a nice interception off a deflection. That looked really good, showed some great concentration. Um, it's just hard to get a read on defense because, again, a lot of those plays were blown dead. And, and again, you didn't have some of your key hogs in there, a linebacker for sure. Um, but overall, I thought the defense did some things, and I'll get to the stats here in a moment. But what about that secondary, that secondary competition, what it looked like to Josh Heupel on Saturday, all that and more. Here's Josh Heupel on the secondary. Well, there's been uh, improvement in that area during the course of, of the entirety of, of spring ball um, and truly in the offseason, too, just – you know, their accountability and, and what they're doing, their maturity uh, on and off the field. But it showed up in, in what they're doing on the field, too. Uh, fundamentals, technique, understanding of scheme, um, playing with discipline, playing with correct eyes and leverage. Um, you know, we're 14 days in. Um, we got a long ways to go, but I like that we have competition. You know, a year ago, that group was banged up. Um, you know, a lot of guys didn't get opportunity to, to grow during spring ball. We had some of that during training camp. And throughout the course of the season, uh, it was kind of mix and match uh, during the course of the season. We need that group to be healthy. We need great competition, and we're going to need some guys to continue to step up. Um, you know, from the old guys that have played on our roster that you guys have seen to the young guys, we got to continue to develop that, anticipate great competition as we get into training camp. So a good start for the secondary in spring practice. More guys out there. And, again, there was hardly anybody out there uh, to play in, in spring last year. So, it's good to see those guys out there and being involved this spring. And a long way to go, but uh, you, I, I, at least for me, I feel much better about the secondary now than I did leaving the season for sure. Uh, quickly, I'll go over some of those stats plays real quick. Or here are the scoring plays: uh, Dayton Sneed, a redshirt freshman wide receiver, uh, a walk-on freshman wide receiver, six-yard touchdown reception from Gaston Moore, third-string quarterback. Uh, Hunter Solomon, a tight end. Nine-yard touchdown reception from Gaston Moore. Caleb Webb, a four-yard touchdown reception from Joe Milton. That came on the drive where he had that big 39-yard reception down the sideline. Cam Selden, a 24-yard rushing touchdown. And then JT Carver, a 40-yard field goal. I think the final score was like 17-14, Team White beating Team Orange or whatever. Again, the score literally doesn't matter whatsoever. It was offense versus defense and a very, 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 very simulated condensed football game. Uh, that didn't have kicking game, and you couldn't touch the quarterbacks hardly, right? Um, here are some of those stats that I have for you from the Orange and White game. Nico was 8 of 16 for 112 yards. Joe Milton, 9 of 13 for 79 yards and a touchdown. Gaston Moore was 8 of 11 for 94 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Cam Selden, three, three attempts for 13 yards on the ground. He had three receptions for, let's see here. He had, uh, where is it? Oh, he had three receptions for 43 yards as well. Sorry, I couldn't find it. I wrote that under Sampson. So Selton had three carries for 13 yards. He had three receptions for 43 yards. Um, and he had a touchdown, of course. No, that Selton snap, that Selton thing is wrong because he had um I'm sorry, this is on the fly. Obviously, I wrote the stats down wrong for Cam Selton because Cam Selton I okay, so behind the curtain, stat broadcast. This is what you know what what the media uses to get their stats. Um in an orange and white game. Like Cam Selden, since they were just alternating the orange possession, then white possession, like Cam Selden could have had stats for the orange team and Cam Selden could have had stats for the for the white team. And so what I did was I wrote down his stats for one team and didn't add up the other. But since he did have a touchdown around of 24 yards, obviously, 
Um, oh, this is what I did. Okay, I got it right here. I wrote down Cam Selden stats for uh, Dylan Sampson and vice versa. So here we go. Start over from the top. <laughs> I'm not going to edit this out. I feel like you guys like when I fudge up. Uh, Dylan Dylan Sampson had three carries for 13 yards, very limited work. Cam Selden had 10 attempts on the ground for 43 yards and a touchdown of a 24-yard gainer. He also had three receptions for 43 yards. And then Deshaun Bishop, he carried the ball the most, 24 attempts for 88 yards. There we go. Uh, when you look at the rece receptions, Ethan Davis, three receptions for 53 yards, thought he looked pretty good. Caleb Webb, three receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Chaz Nemrod, three receptions, 17 yards. Nathan Leacock, one reception for three yards. And McCallan Castles, he was targeted four times, had one reception for one yard. Combined stats offensively, uh, 464 yards of total offense on 99 plays, uh, 285 yards passing, 179 yards rushing, 12 of 25 on third downs, and 2 of 3 on fourth downs. All right, so that's kind of a look at the numbers at least. Again, doesn't mean anything, doesn't paint the whole picture, uh, but again, it is something, and we watched it, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it, you know, leaving uh, this orange and white game in spring practice season. So Tennessee officially closes the book on this phase of the offseason. The transfer portal is officially open. Will there be any departures? Will Tennessee go out and bring anybody in? I don't expect a whole lot of movement, but I do expect some, so we'll keep track on that in the coming days. But... A high school commit or high school prospect committed to the University of Tennessee Sunday afternoon. Who is he? What's it mean? All that more is coming up next right here on Lockdown Balls. All right, guys, we got a final segment left here of this Monday edition of Lockdown Balls. Really appreciate you guys as always and every dayers. Shout out to you. We'll have the mailbag edition of the show tomorrow. Give me in those questions, comments. Whatever you want to tell me, uh, some of you guys have already uh, you know, DM me and some from the Orange and White game. Please let me know your thoughts on the Orange and White game. And hey, the cue of the day, if you haven't seen it on the bottom scroll on YouTube yet, who were you most impressed with from the Orange and White game? Who were you most impressed with from the Orange and White game? That is the cue of the day. So send me in that plus your mailbag questions for tomorrow's show. Okay, so Tennessee picked up a commit from the high school ranks. And three-star safety, Idris Farouk. And that is how you say his name. Idris Farouk. And uh, it's 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 looks really funky whenever you read it, but Idris Farouk is how you say it. A three-star safety from St. Francis Academy, uh, Baltimore, Maryland areas, where Tennessee's gotten some really nice players here in the last couple of years. He's 5'11", a buck 80, and he becomes Tennessee's ninth commit for the class of 2024 Tennessee's don't look now Tennessee's class is really starting to fill up a little bit but what about Tennessee's new commit well like I said he plays safety uh, 5'11 180 from St. Francis he chose Tennessee over the likes of Penn State West Virginia and some others he is considered if you look at the on three industry rankings the 558th overall player in the country the 55th safety in the nation and 17th player out of Maryland. If you look individually at the on three rankings, he is he is the 66th best safety and the 20th best player uh, in Maryland. Let's see which ranking has him really, really high. Uh, ESPN has him pretty high, and Rivals has him pretty high. ESPN has him as the 45th best safety in the class. Rivals has him as the 40th best safety in the class, and so on and so forth. But a guy that Tennessee valued has had on campus the last couple, couple, uh, couple of times in the last year, and um, you know, was confident enough in Tennessee and wanted to go ahead and pull that trigger. He said to VolQuest.com, you can check it out over there on the front page. Says, hey, it was a process. 
I went to a lot of other colleges to get a feeling, and every time I went to Tennessee, it was a feeling like I was home. The environment was amazing. The coaches treat you. You can uh, the, the way the coaches treat you, you can talk to them about anything. I love the level of play, the school, the high school that I'm at. It will be similar in playing for the best. I uh, said that he is really vocal and knows how to talk to you in terms of Willie Martinez, who will be his position coach. Uh, or his secondary coach. He helps you understand the scheme of the defense and how they do stuff at Tennessee. Says when he talks to me, Willie Martinez, he tells me how much he likes my game, likes that I'm hard hitter and I have a motor and um, I, I can eat up some snaps on the field and stay out there for a long time. But he also, you know, was sold on Josh Heupel for sure and spent he and his family spent a whole lot of time with Josh Heupel over the weekend to really solidify that commitment and, and want to go ahead and commit on Sunday afternoon. He said, hype is real. He'll tell you right from wrong. He isn't fake. He is a hyper dude and keeps the same relationship with his players. I've seen how he is. He treats everyone the same. Um, he says, whenever he watches football, he watches the secondary. He likes Jalen Ramsey an awful lot. Uh, he said that uh, this past year he was roaming around a lot. He wasn't just at the corner position. He was at nickel and he was at other places. He said he also looks up to Tyron Matthew as well. So some good stuff over there at VolQuest.com on uh, Idris Farouk, who is Tennessee's new commitments, uh, impact analysis from Matt Ray over at, uh, at VolQuest.com as well. Uh, has some really, really good stuff from his high school football coach. I'll read you one quote from there. It says, walking in the door, we knew he was going to be an impact player for our program uh, that has a real history of getting guys who have played the position really, really well, that being the safety position. Um, he is a real type of player like that. He is all-around athlete, a leader. Without having to say so much, he isn't a man. He isn't a man of many words, but when he does speak or weighs in on the program, it means something. Our coaches love his work ethic and the way that he practices every single day, the classroom, his demeanor, his behavior. It's just simply amazing. And then a little, a uh, little scouting report on his game from his high school football coach, uh, Messe Hellerman. Hellerman, nope. Let me try that again. Hell E. Merriam. Hello, Miriam. There we go. <laughs> From uh, St. Francis Academy. He is very athletic. He can play in space. Up high, he can come down in the box and bang heads with the big boys. He's athletic enough to play offense. He's a basketball player as well, so there's a lot of dimensions there. There's a lot of diversity in his game, and that can serve real well at the next level. So uh, Tennessee hauls in its ninth football commits of the 2024 class in Idris Farouk. And when you look at Tennessee's class right now, sitting eighth nationally in part of the on-three industry rankings, uh, he becomes another three-star com uh, commitment. One, two, three, four. The fourth three-star commit of the class, joining Gage Ginther, Carson Gentle, and Jesse Perry. And Tennessee has four four-stars in the class. Quarterback Jake Merklinger, tight end Jonathan Eccles, cornerback Caleb Beasley, wide receiver J.J. Harrell. And when you look at Farouk, he now joins... Caleb Beasley is a cornerback. He joins Marcus Gorey as a cornerback that can also play safety. And then, of course, Farouk is more of a safety. So this really gives Tennessee its first true safety of the class. So uh, Tennessee, don't look now. It's really building its recruiting class the right way. It's got the important pillars up there. Need to go get a pass rusher. I mentioned that last week. Uh, but you got a couple of offensive linemen. You got your quarterback. You got a playmaker on offense. You have arguably maybe one of the best players at the cornerback position in the country, a playmaker, a wide receiver, and some in-state talent. Tennessee is building this class 
of 2024 the right way under Josh Heupel. And it should be a busy summer for the University of Tennessee in that regard with June official visits happening. And then it'll be a fast and furious month of July uh, for Tennessee because that is the new January in terms of commitment month. Or really, June is the new January. Uh, July is now the new National Signing Day with all these commits coming out. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that and keeping you up to date right here on Locked On Balls. Hey, you everydayers, appreciate you so much. What did you think about the orange and white game? Let me know your big thoughts. I thought overall it was pretty good. Saw some uh, some impact stuff from some from some of the offensive personnel. I saw a lot of guys play on the offensive line. Saw Addison Nichols play a lot of guard, which is going to be huge because he's going to factor into that guard race come fall camp. Uh, saw a lot of young guys and didn't, for the most part, get out of there injury-free. We'll have to keep tabs on Ethan Davis to see how he progresses over the next couple of days. Uh, mailbag edition of the show, that is coming up tomorrow. So get in me in your questions, your comments, your concerns at underscore Kaner and at Lockdown Balls. Fill up the comments section uh, here on YouTube. I will do my best to find them. And uh, as always, I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. We will do it again tomorrow. This is Lockdown Balls.